the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road. And recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Title IX Podcast on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. The entire Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is fueled by Cody Rose and made possible thanks to our friends at the Wild Rose Casino and Resort. I am joined by my co-host, Elisa Woods. Hi, Elisa. Hi, Steph. You're looking bronzed and beautiful. Thank you. That's what uh, five days in the Floridian sun will do to you. I love it. I love yeah. it. We had a fun um, March getaway over spring break. You did. I was yes. I was watching through pictures from both yes. you and Brooke. Yeah, we went with friend of the pod, Brooke Johnson and her family, and took a little Disney cruise, and it was one of the most magical weeks ever. So if you haven't taken one of those and have the opportunity to do it, I would highly recommend it, and I'm not even getting paid by Disney to say that. <laughs> I love it. Maybe <laughs> wanna... someday you will get paid by Disney to say Hey, that. I wouldn't be mad about Manifest that at all. It. Manifest, Manifest it. Manifest it. Manifest it. Um, we are getting paid by our friends at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. <laughs> Wow, transition. <laughs> no, but seriously, we love our friends at Ivy so much for sponsoring this podcast. Okay, we are recording on Tuesday, the 21st, and I have something really cool to tell you about, but the registration closes for it today. Mm. So if Jared's slow on getting this out, blame Jared. <gasps> blame but Jared. March Madness is meeting the Business Analytics Symposium hosted by the Debbie and Jerry Ivy College of Business. Because their speaker, speaker lineup for the symposium includes college basketball analyst Ken Pomeroy of Ken Pom. How cool is that? It is cool. I saw that you tweeted that from the Title IX yes. Twitter. If you guys yes. aren't following us on Title IX Twitter, maybe it's your fault you didn't know about this. And also check out the <laughs> Ivy feed, their Twitter feed. It's They do a great job of highlighting past students, upcoming events, um, what's going on. I was not an Ivy kid, but I really appreciate their Twitter feed. So yeah, check it out. Sure. We appreciate Ivy. Give them a hootie hoo and tell them thanks for sponsoring the Title IX podcast. <laughs> okay, so Elisa, I'm trying to thank... Um, I feel like there's really nothing notable to discuss regarding our basketball teams, right? We can just go ahead and scoot right past that. Yeah, right past it. I heard there's a spring game. <laughs> football. It's yeah, football. Football. Season. It's football season, right? <laughs> oh, pain and sorrow and. Oh yeah. This is just why we can't have nice things. We come off of this Big 12 tournament championship for the women, and then boom, it all explodes in our faces. Mm. I what think, a, but what a great, what a great group of girls. I, I just have to say that. I agree. They're, inc- I mean, they are stud athletes on the floor and they are incredible women and human off the, f- off the uh, basketball court. And we are so lucky to have the continuing level of human beings that Iowa State women's basketball um, recruits and seeks, and I'm very thankful for that. But that's, uh, that's why it makes why it more I, of a heartbreak. Just say that. <laughs> yes. yes, that's why I'm so mad and bummed about it, honestly. Yeah. And it hurts too that they were playing their best stretch of basketball in the Big 12 tournament right before, and then yeah. they lay a giant egg. And yeah. then you want to keep adding insult to injury. Toledo got absolutely hammered by they Tennessee. did, yeah, 94 to 47. And it makes me wonder what happened because in terms of talent, 
I don't think there's any argument that Iowa State is more talented than the Toledo. Not, I'm not suggesting that Toledo is not a talented team, but just by caliber of athletes, I think mm-hmm. Iowa State is vastly more talented. We went to this weird offense of yesteryear where Ashley was having to force stuff, and then we weren't playing defense. It was like everything that has plagued us in the past came out all at once. Yeah. There were a lot of, a lot of layups by Toledo. Like they were shooting a really high right? Yeah. In the first half, they commented on what a high percentage um, they were shooting from the field. And, and, you know, a lot of people were saying, well, they can't sustain that. They're not going to, but it's like, they can't sustain it when it's all layups. Yeah. 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 Like a good chunk of them. And then they had a couple, like a couple, a couple feet uh, like beyond the arc that yeah. they hit that they wouldn't probably wouldn't typically hit sure. um, as consistently as they were hitting. But I think that like the number one thing that stood out to me were all the layups. They just yeah. got to the basket as easily as they wanted to, which hasn't, I mean, we've always struggled with bigs um, yeah. defending, bigs, but that wasn't the case with Toledo. No. Every, I mean, we couldn't get a stop. It was their all. guards. It was yes. their guards going down low. Yeah. It was just very bizarre. And I, it's hard. I want to celebrate this, the outgoing seniors in this team in general. Um, but I also feel like we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't acknowledge the fact that something was just off this year. Yeah. And with the exception of the Big 12 tournament, where I really did feel like they were, they'd finally hit their stride. The offense never really looked like it clicked in significant stretches. And um, I think you've said this before. It kind of felt like this team never had a real identity. And it was switching from, which th- this isn't always a bad thing, where it was like one player would have a game and then, you know, it'd be Nye one game and then it'd be Kane the next game and then it'd be Lexi. And that's great. The problem is we never seem to have one player who could just shut it down. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have that one player and Ashley, of course, is Ashley Jones. She's always going to be Ashley Jones. But, you know, she's she tends not to be she's like a quiet 29 points, you know, which is mm-hmm. weird to say, but she just never takes over with the exception of, again, the Big 12 tournament. And I wonder if that was part of it. Um, you know, it's tough losing Stephanie earlier in the season. They kind of were seeking out that identity with a big that they've been missing for a long time. But Coach Friendly has coached long enough to make it work, and it just never really happened for this squad. I don't know. I've been thinking about this a little bit, and I don't know if there's something here or if there's not. Like, a much smarter person than me would have to look at this. But I feel like this team was really, and many, many of the teams in the tournament right now have been put together with a lot of, like, COVID year, a lot of fifth-year seniors, stuff like that. And it's, I think that that's something that wasn't planned for when these young ladies started their school, like, started their collegiate career. And I wonder, I just wonder what, like, what type of effect that's had on these teams Mm -hmm. um, and what type of effect it's going to have on some of the younger girls coming up. We talked about this before, like a COVID year for like Ashley Jones is going to take away from a a freshman year 
for a, for a freshman coming in, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, that's just the way that it is because, you know, COVID took a year away from Ashley. And so, right. um, there was something... no good answer there. Right. Right. Yeah. There isn't a, a good answer, but I just wonder what sort of repercussions that has had and what sort of effect maybe that had on this team. And I'm, it's not, I'm not using it as an, as an excuse. Everybody had, everyone in the country was in the same sure. situation, but as we kind of talked about, we have seen a ton of a ton of like high seeded teams going down and and there's been a lot of parity in the season this year there's been a lot of um like a ton of top 10 seeds getting beat it, beat by unranked mm-hmm. seeds you know and i think that i don't know i i don't want to say that it all has to do with covid maybe it has a little bit to do with you know, the talent, um, the talent pool in women's basketball increasing, which is a great thing for us to see um, and exciting for us to see. I don't know. It's just but do you think maybe you could counter that, though, with that covid year and say that with a team like Iowa State specifically, where you have Ashley, Lexi, Emily, Maggie, uh, Morgan, those teams, it was an extra year for them to gel. But was it? But was it an unexpected extra year where it's like, I see what you mean. We, we had planned that this would be our four years ago when we were recruiting for who is Mm -hmm. a senior this year, you know, Mm -hmm. five years ago when we were recruiting for this crew, like the way that this, we thought this team would look is totally, Stephanie Suarez was not even in the, in the, you know, so I wonder what this, yeah. What, what was this team supposed to look like this year? Yeah. Um, and how has that affected the way that this team looks this year? How's it going to affect the way that the team looks next year? I don't have any of these answers. No, I don't think that it, yeah, I don't think that it like negatively or positively affected Mm -hmm. them. I think that it just affected them and it makes me curious. What I, yeah, that's, I hadn't really thought about it the way that you said it of what was this team supposed to look like four years ago versus what actually and the Stephanie Suarez piece was a total wild card. The interesting part was, I guess, when they lost Stephanie, I just assumed that they'd be able to fall back into where they were from last year and grow from that. And there were points where I felt like some of their play regressed. And I just, I, I don't know. I just, I guess I'm disappointed that the strides were not made that I expected to see with our guards. And I don't think, I don't think Ashley regressed, but maybe just the offense as a whole didn't move forward um, as I hoped and expected. And I, we, you and I talked about this um, several weeks ago or several episodes ago, ago, I guess, but in a lot of ways, it kind of feels like the offense we run is outdated. There's just a lot of it's stagnant in a way. And, you know, you watch these teams in the tournament who have these crisp passes and cuts and they're moving. And I don't know if that's a part of it, too. I don't know if we have become a little bit more easily scoutable because we're running stuff that we've run forever. I don't know the answer. Again, I, I don't know. These are same as you. I'm just yeah. hypothesizing, I guess. But I it, I hope that next year with some new blood, um, and none of us wanted to see Ashley go, but I mean, she's done officially now. With some new blood, some new faces, we can change things up a little, get a fresh restart, start over, create an identity that's not necessarily attached to Ashley Jones and um, maybe take advantage of these guards like Danae Fritz who have some some pizzazz and intensity and attitude that we haven't seen from, you know, 
the Iowa State teams of the past. So I, that's my hope for next year. We'll see. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of recency bias, too, in the way that everybody feels about this team, because mm-hmm. this is, I mean, basically the same team running the same offense mm-hmm. that they were last year, mm-hmm. you know, and they made it to the Sweet 16 last year. And so it's like. And they also like won the Big 12 tournament. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, it's hard for me to say like, oh, we're outdated. Everybody, you know, people can scout us. Well, then how did we win the Big 12 tournament? You know, did we just go on a run? And maybe we did, you know, just go on a run and and get lucky there. Um, But I, I don't know. I'm just. I'm kind of stuck at the end of the season. It was like an anomaly for me. It was, we won a lot of games that I expected us to win. And then we lost a lot of games that I expected us to win. And what's that? That's where I am. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I just have to, I have to kind of like step back and step out of my fandom because also like this year was kind of a really special year for me where my daughter really started to like understand the sport and started to become an actual fan as opposed to just like, Oh yeah, I like Iowa state. You know, my favorite team is Iowa state, but she really started to become a fan and started to like get excited when she saw Nye on the TV, you know, recognize Ash from the games that we had gone to and stuff. And um, she and I went to a game. Was it our, yeah, it was the senior night um, mm-hmm. that she and I went to. And we uh, got there early and sat behind the basket in the GA seating and just kind of like had a good time, yeah. got some popcorn and, um, you know, got a little pom-pom from the, um from the cyclone club that was down there and stuff and just had a good time being close to the court and yelling and, um, trying to get on the, the jumbotron. jumbotron. I caught a t-shirt that we just, it was funny. Cause I, I caught the t-shirt. I like locked eyes with the girl and I gave and you were her like, the, it's me. Do yeah. It. And I gave her the, I will not drop this look. <laughs> <laughs> So she like threw it to me and I grabbed, and there was really like nobody around us. The people in front of us had gone to get something to drink. So it was a clear shot. So I got it and Rosa and I just turned to each other and we were just like, yeah, sit down. And she like, she had a, she had bunny ears on. So she took her her bunny ears on and she had a little purse and she just like stripped them off. And I like put the sweatshirt on her and she just knew and we like tied it up in the back so it fit and stuff and it was just this moment where it was like yeah let's go so it was just a really fun year for us yeah. um, and watching her get excited about Nye and get excited about like recognizing which of the two teams on the floor is us <laughs> you know no I get it and she's invested in it and yeah. that makes you more invested in it yeah. than you already were. Yeah. And she's always been like a fan of sports and stuff and enjoys kind of having them on in the background, really likes going to live events. Um, and then Malcolm, he's just a little basketball boy. His birthday's coming up. And my mom asked him what he wants for his birthday. He said, well, I want a basketball and I want some basketball shoes and I want a basketball <laughs> shirt. And can I have a basketball hoop? But I want a real basketball um, and basketball pants and basketball socks. And make sure it's a real basketball shirt like that guy of the TV, a basketball shirt. And it's like, OK, a little basketball boy. 
It's a good thing, though. It, it is. makes it. It's and then you start watching it through their eyes, you know, and yeah. it becomes really special. And I think, yeah. I mean, we've done we we always talk about this, but that's what makes this women's team particularly special is that they've always gone out of the way to say hi to the little fans. And one of the best at doing that is Maggie Espen Miller McGraw, who announced on Twitter on Monday that she is, which we knew she wasn't coming back. Bill made that clear, but she's um, rather than just being done with basketball, she's going to transfer out and use her COVID year elsewhere. So I just want give her a shout out she's a little spark plug of energy and has always been a really great ambassador for iowa state so we wish her the best and she's given us the lyrics to elisa's 12 days of christmas <laughs> that will never ever be the same for anyone oh who my listens gosh to we'll still sing it we'll yes. still sing it Man, unless she yes goes miller McGraw. <laughs> unless she goes to oklahoma or iowa forget it <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i don't think we have to worry about oh, that just don't i hope not I hope not. Um, transition to another favorite of ours, Kim Mulkey. Oh, Did yeah. Did you see what that woman was wearing? Listen, okay. I mean, she is a walking crane. Okay, okay. That's funny you say that because she showed up with a shirt on Friday, last Friday, which was St. Patrick's Day, that yeah. said, in sequins, everyone, kiss me, I'm a queen. And it had giant green lips on the back. That was for the first round game on St. Patrick's Day. She shows up on Sunday dressed up like, I don't know, Corral DeVille <laughs> with the jacket. It was a suit, you guys. Oh, yeah. The jacket was white sequined with black polka dots. The pants were black sequined with white polka dots. I just cannot with this woman. <laughs> I just I we, I like sequins as much as the yeah. next lady, but this is overkill. <laughs> I mean, I I understand. You understand what? Be, I I understand wanting to be seen. I mean, okay, fine. However, however <laughs> there are better ways to do it. <laughs> like uh, maybe you could just like dress really well. Because I will tell you, I have conversations with people all the time about women's coaches that are dressed really well. I'm serious. I'm serious. And they're yeah. not with what the hell is that lady yeah. wearing, you know? Yeah. Um, it's shocking, but I think that that's what she's going it for. It is 100% what she's going for. And it works because we're talking yes, about it. Yeah, but um, side note, I looked up LSU. I Google searched LSU NCAA tournament to see how they played in that Michigan game. And guess what it showed me results for? The men. LSU men's basketball, who didn't even make the bleeping tournament. Anyway, LSU dominated Michigan in the second round, so they, they're they going to face Utah in the Sweet 16. Thanks, Google. You know, Thanks, Jeeves Google. wouldn't do us like that. <laughs> I thought about that in forever. <laughs> um, you referred to this, Elisa, but we've had a couple of number one seeds go down. So number mm -hmm. one seed Stanford goes down against number eight Ole Miss, which is Iowa's little piece of the bracket. So they were the first one seed not to advance to the Sweet 16 since 2009. Um, Virginia Tech is advancing to the Sweet 16 for, for the first time since 99. Ole Miss for the first time since 2007. There's a lot more parity this year that you also mentioned. Um, and then last night we saw the number one Indiana, number one seed Indiana go down to number nine seed Miami in what was a thriller of a game. That game was wild. But what was the stat you pulled, Elisa? This is only the what time that this hasn't, this has happened? The I first, think it's the second time. Second time since 1998 yeah. that two mm -hmm. number one seeds are out before the Sweet 16. This yeah. is fun. This is the most fun I've had with the exception of the, 
Iowa State and Drake women going out early. Um, this is the most fun I've had watching it because there have been a lot of strange games. So a stat that I saw said since 2007, a lemon, a lemon, a lemon women's teams <laughs> seated 10th or lower have reached the sweet 16. That's less than half the number of the lower seated men's teams that have made that run. And one of the criticisms of the women's tournament is it tends to be chalk, but I we're seeing that change and it's, I think it'll continue to change, especially with the world of NIL and <clears throat> being able to, you know, tell or give the opportunity to good players to go somewhere other than your UConns, your Stanfords, your teams like that. So yeah. I think that's going to continue to be the case. And I love it a lot. And if you have filled out a bracket um, yes. on our ESPN Women's Tournament Challenge, we have a Women's Tournament Challenge, the Title IX podcast Women's Tournament Challenge on ESPN. And I don't think that you cannot still add because we were we were trying to figure out um, if you could still join. You can't still join. Sorry about that. That would be cheating. That would be cheating. Um, but um, I am currently tied with Charlie Downs, Andrew Downs' son. Love that. I'm sure he's a listener to Todd. Charlie, not, we're, not AD. Right, right, right. We're tied for second. So shout out, Charlie. Um, I love you, Charlie. I will tell you, Charlie, if you do beat me, I will um, bring you a candy bar. Ooh. I will. Okay. Um, it's our it's our our version of pie to the face. I will bring Charlie a candy bar if I he like beats it. me. Um, Bird and the the Bird and Tarasi show will be back for the yes. women's final four this year. That was so. Remember they had the red solo cups and yep. Yeah, Pino was on with them. Just yeah, I'm get, excited. Yeah, I'm excited for that too. I do have a question for you. <clears throat> and this is getting this discussion is getting a little bit of traction. If you had to choose. Would you prefer the home sites for the top four seeds in the women's tournament or the neutral sites for the men's tournament? And I know that's I know that's an, a loaded and unfair question, but that's kind of why it's fun. So I like the neutral sites better. Yes. And um, it's hard because the neutral sites, it kind of depends on who travels well okay. and stuff like that. This is what makes the neutral sites fun, honestly. Right. But but we see in the women's tournament how heavily the top seeds are favored. Yeah. And I just don't think that they need that extra help. You mean in the men's game? Oh, oh the I women. You yeah. prefer to have neutral site for the women too. Yes. I'm tracking now. Yeah. Is <laughs> I, well, wait, wait, is that what you were asking? Yeah, that's what I was asking. Okay, I was yeah, just yeah. Curious, but I just misinterpreted what you said. No, I, I wish that they would both have, and I don't think that that's probably a popular opinion because I think people really like the home site thing. Um, but I just like, I like the neutral site. I like the idea that you're like going to a tournament. Mm -hmm. Like when I was playing AAU ball, we would go to tournaments. Sure. Right. So, you know, it wouldn't be whoever was the best would get to have the tournament at home. We would like go to the tournaments and you get to travel and you get to, I don't know, maybe that's, maybe it's just me that thinks that that's super fun that like you, there's like an element of celebration. Yeah. yeah. We saw like Howard and Texas coming in and, you know, the Isisorettes were playing mm -hmm. and all that. It was really, it was kind of cool. And I, I like, I like to watch other cities embrace the town yes. or embrace the teams that are coming in. Yes. And I, um, just a quick shout out to Des Moines 
it sounds like Des Moines did a great job of doing that. And everything I've read has indicated that we knocked it out of the park. So yay, Des Moines. Um, And I think that just speaking about our potential bids for the future, I think 2027 is probably our next potential bid um, for a tournament. This is our second time hosting. Mm -hmm. And I would say that our chances just, continue to go up um especially with i think there's a couple uh a couple airlines that are adding some direct flights that just continues to like lower the price of coming here and making it um, more accessible yeah making it more accessible because our tickets are higher price tickets because everyone wants to go to the game yeah so and i mean that's a higher price ticket is good for the is good for the ncaa <laughs> a higher priced plane ticket is not good for the NCAA. So um, I don't know. I've just, I've heard rumblings of a lot of um, a lot of the flight prices, hopefully going down in the next four years. And so I don't see why we wouldn't get it again in 2027. Yeah, I hope so. I think it's super awesome and it always brings a sense of pride to the city and the state. So that's great. I, the neutral site home site thing is a really interesting discussion. And I, I honestly do see both sides to it. I just think the, the um, atmosphere that we've gotten for some of the women's games has been so great. Um, But I appreciate why, especially in a tournament where there has been a lot of higher seeds, just cruising through i appreciate Mm -hmm. the cinderellas of the neutral site i totally agree with that and i think that if we did switch it where it was a neutral site at the beginning i think that the the um attendance would drop dramatically which is of course what we don't want to see but if we're just talking about the straight up like product that i'm watching on tv yeah and i will say too going last year to the iowa state the games that Iowa state hosted was some of the most fun I've ever had because of that environment. So I think I, t- I, I for sure lean on the home site thing and think it's awesome, but I yeah. appreciate why that's, I appreciate both sides. So. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, let's take a quick break. And then we have some cool shout outs, including a shout out for the cyclone women's golf team. Uh, before we go to break, we want to give thanks to our friend Hope Wood, who sponsors the podcast. She, of course, is the owner of the Will in a Day program, where she can put your will together in just a couple of hours, turn it around, have it all done uh, within you know no time at all and no hassle hassle at all. You can check her out at hopewoodjd.com and use the promotion code Fanatic for fifty dollars off. We are brought to you by Authentic Brand. Authentic Brand can, uh, is more than just your source for official cycling gear. With an amazing team of designers, Authentic Brand can custom manufacture polo shirts, jackets, caps, bags, and beyond for your team or small business. Check them out online at authentic-brand.com. Look authentic, feel authentic, be authentic. All right, Elisa, over the weekend, the Cyclone women's golf team made history. They brought home their second team title of the season in Arizona. But cooler than that, they set several NCAA records, including the lowest 54 whole team score in NCAA history after firing a combined 60 under for the tournament. They also beat the NCAA record by 10. Oh, that that particular 60 under for the tournament was um, beat the record by 10 shots. The previous record holder was Stanford back in 2022, but those records that they broke included being the lowest team 18-hole uh, round in NCAA history, 29-under, and a tie for the individual 54-hole scoring record from a freshman. I'm going to butcher her name. She's from Indonesia. I'm going to try really hard. Her name's Carissa 
Chulakshorn. It's C-H-U-L-A-K-S-O-R-N. And I looked for pronunciations and I couldn't find it. Okay. Yeah. Let's ask. Well, we'll ask John Walters. See what he knows. Because uh, well, he normally has those fun little pronunciations things. He didn't have one. But anyway, okay. they absolutely destroyed the field and destroyed a bunch of these records. So I was reading uh, her, the freshman Carissa's individual um, scoring, and it was like birdie, 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 eagle, no bogeys, birdie, 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 eagle. And I was like, wow, can you imagine? I cannot even fathom what that might feel. Like. I I played mini golf when I was in Austin and did not even <laughs> fare that well. I was feeling real good when I like eventually got it in the hole. Let's get it in the hole. <laughs> I, th- that is the sole reason that I would go to a golfing event is to just yell, get in, in the, the hole! hole, get in the hole. It's my favorite. There's always that one. There's it's always me. one. I am that one. Um, It's been kind of cool, though. I feel like the, you know, like we had really fun performances from Iowa State softball. We had a soccer player get drafted. Um, Mm -hmm. Iowa State tennis is cruising. It's fun to see these sports that typically have not been powerhouses for Iowa State really take hold. So I hope this continues for a cycle golf. The Cyclonitas. And And that track and field team is always pretty good, too. Yes. Yes, for sure. Cross country. Yeah. Um, speaking of soccer and um, our Iowa State soccer friend who was drafted by the Kansas City Current, yesterday on Monday, she signed her first official contract with the Kansas City Current. So she has a rookie contract along with two other rookies. Jordan Silkowitz is now officially on the roster for the Kansas City Current. And the National Women's Soccer League actually starts this weekend on Saturday. The Current uh, kick off the season against the North Carolina Courage. And San Diego Wave made history over the week by selling more than 23,000 tickets for their home opener, which is the first or the most tickets sold for a home opener in National Women's Soccer League history. We talked about this last year, but this is their full, first full season in Snapdragon Stadium, which is the South Dakota State. Sorry, not South Dakota State, San Diego State campus. So I'm guessing we will continue to see records just absolutely crushed again this season. Um, and an NWSL commissioner announced this week that league-wide, the season ticket sales have increased by 20%. So it's been really fun um, to watch that league grow. And I'm going to take the girls down to a few games this year for sure and um, down to the Kansas City Current. And they've actually been releasing renderings for their new stadium and if you haven't seen it yet, we've talked about it on the podcast, but it is gorgeous and state-of-the-art and beautiful. And I'm just so excited to have a stadium that's dedicated to a professional women's sports league in a major city in America. So get ready, 2024. I'm coming for you. I love it. So, okay, yeah. I was looking for this info because um, I'd read I'd read those couple things about um, about the records being set and the amount of people going to these women's game. And I read this thing from Sports Biz News that said 2023 Women's World Cup prize I money increased to 150 million, which is a a 300 percent raise from the 2019 World Cup amount. Which is yeah. insane. Yeah, so That's I dug crazy. into that. So it was a $30 million um, prize in 2019. So, yeah, that, I mean, I had to do the math on a 300% increase, but because um, <laughs> the math is 500%? 
Well, I, but I, that was from 2019. Okay. Did it say it was a 300% increase from 2019? From 2019, yeah. Oh. Well, I maybe this says. Well, either way, we've yeah. jumped significantly to 100 yeah. million. And to give you some perspective, um, in 2022, this past year's World Cup for the men, the prize money was 440 million. So the cool part about this, because it's still a significant discrepancy, and initially I was like, Come on. <laughs> but the FIFA president has set a public target goal for equal prize money by the 2027 World Cup. Mm-hmm. So we're on the way. Yeah. And the words of the great Lizzo, it's about damn time. <laughs> and he's also um, expressed his anger with broadcasters for offering too little money for TV rights as well, which is something that we have kind of talked about. TV rights for women's sports yeah. um, are like gravely undervalued. Yes. And something that the NCAA really needs to pay attention to when they go up for their contract negotiations in the next few years. Yes, please, please do for Um, our sake, for for our sake. So we don't have to (laughs) smash your heads against the wall again. Yeah. Um, the speaking of the NCAA, the athletic wrote a story about the women's basketball 20 for 20. So, um, the 20 most influential people or individuals, in the next 20 years of women's basketball. And I won't go through the the entire list, but the number one person was Charlie Baker, the incoming NCAA president speaking in part because of what we've talked about of those looming renegotiations and also the ability to leverage name image likeness for women's sports and making sure that there continues to be a pathway. Because as we've discussed ad nauseum on this podcast, women tend to know how to take advantage of those um, deals and social media mediums and things like that better than at least they've, they've, um, shown that they have a greater value in those things um, as opposed to the male athletes. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Have you seen that list? Mm -mm. Okay. So another one that I thought was interesting, it was, hold on, I got to find it. Number nine is just donor X of the university collectives. It says (laughs) collectives are going to make an outsized, have an outsized opportunity to influence women's college basketball. And in the future, if the WNBA's age minimum ever goes away, and I've been thinking about this because uh, Caitlin Clark has talked about potentially coming back for another year to take advantage of those NIL opportunities. She very well, she probably already is making more money than what the league, a lot of people in the WNBA are making. And I think that's definitely not going to be a problem in the men's game or I guess problem or opportunity, depending on how you look at it. I think that's going to be a big problem or opportunity in the women's game that we're going to have to keep our eyes on. And there's a lot more advantage to a woman, a woman sticking around right now, as opposed to a, um, a, a men's basketball player declaring for the draft and going. One of the things too, that um, my friend, our friend, Jamie um, Steyer Johnson and I were talking about, about Caitlin is that she would probably want to play for the U S team in the Olympics. Sure. And I, Jamie said that if she wants to play for that team, she can't be playing 
for the university. But I know that there, like with the NIL rule changes, there are some women who play gymnastics who have come back. But we also talked about maybe there would be an overlap in like the training schedule. Yeah. Um, and and the playing schedule. So in that conversation, wrinkle. Yeah. So that's something else to look at. Is it very specifically has to do with um, women's basketball, the Olympic schedule? Yeah, I'll tweet this list out. It's interesting. I don't know if I necessarily agree with all of the, and I felt like maybe there were some things missing on here. Don Staley was on it. I think she should be on it. Um, there were a couple of signees for um, incoming years, and Paige Beckers was on it. She was, I think, one of the only current players. So it's just interesting, an interesting perspective on um, from a writer who clearly is looking forward for women's basketball, which I think is important instead yeah. of, because it's growing quickly. And it's interesting that Paige Beckers is the only name on that because it's like maybe she, maybe two years ago. I thought that too. But I thought that too. She's, interesting. I don't want to. This is going to come off really harsh, but she's kind of irrelevant right now. Yeah, she's just been injured so much. Yeah. She's not now irrelevant she's, when it comes to like NIL deals, however, uh, like yes, she has a lot of big Gatorade deal. Yes. And, and that's kind of what it was. That's kind of what the article focused on. So you're right. Yeah. It's just interesting because in terms of, you know, there's, you talked about recency bias, that's a real thing and people forget quickly and she just hasn't been around. Yeah. And I think in general, like Caitlin Clark just isn't in the top five or more of the nil deals sure. she just doesn't yeah. have the same pull when it comes to like sponsorships yeah um, and maybe that's just the lack of sponsorships that are here around iowa and maybe h- how behind the university of iowa is with their nil deals yeah. in general so yeah it makes me wonder it makes and i don't know the answer to that but i've had the same questions yep she should be raking it in has less to do with her and maybe more to do with um, the University of Iowa. The Hawks. Hawks. All right. Do you have any other uh, shout outs? I don't really. I had a bunch, but I feel like we've, we've kind of had a good, like gotten the good stuff out. I feel like, and we, I feel like we had a nice conversation about the season. We aired our grievances. We set our respects and it's just kind of time to move on. We did men's team. We didn't talk much about the men's team. I'm curious to see what next year holds. I think that I'll be saying that for the first five years of Otz's. Yeah. And I think that's fair. I think the player changeover is going to be high for, so every year it's going to be a little bit of a different thing to look forward to. Yeah. I'm curious to see who, if who enters the, the portal from either team. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I hope there are no major surprises. Let's yeah. just hope for that. Yeah. For everybody's um, sake. Oh, I did. No I Tyrese Huntergate. Yeah, I, I was going to say I had a rant about um, the Texas coach saying that. Um, what a child. I mean, here's the thing. There are certain teams, the Hawks, that always find, like, once they lose. What? way to make it about them right yes no it's they find a way to say that they were the moral oh gosh in every game it's the band was mean to us people were yelling at our players like are you the only team that is like morally imperfect like morally perfect are you the only team can you just take the l and like 
You want to know, and speaking of Texas in particular, they are like the queens and kings of that. Right. They lack any concept of self-awareness. Absolutely none. And Tyrese Hunter had absolutely no self-awareness the moment he left Iowa State. Yeah. And he was like. Absolutely none. It's, he wasn't kicking and screaming on his way out, but he was, he knew what he was doing. Right. And he wasn't shy about it either. And that's fine. That is fine. Do you, but there are repercussions. And here's the thing is that like the, the amount of eyes on his Twitter are about the amount of mouths at his games. So if you're going to go out there and, and speak to the masses on Twitter, you know, people are looking at you, but guess what? Tyrese Hunter is not looking at us back on Twitter. So right. what do we have? We have the Our NCAA mouth. tournament in Des Moines, Iowa to go and yell at you. Right. So maybe get your behind off of Twitter and tit for tat, buddy. And this is also a consequence of the world of NIL. Like, go do, go get your bag. People understand right. that. But if but you are not going to be welcomed in with loving arms when no. you... I just, to me, that's you, if you <laughs> don't know what you're walking into. And there's, there's certain things like we're not saying go threaten his life. Good. No. Goodness, for the love of God, please understand no, that there's black and white like, here. Yeah, right. right. But I'm going to boo you with both hands around my mouth. Until every time your you face is and, purple until I pass out. And that's just what I'm going to do because this is sports and this is what we do. And I knew when the NBA started to complain about the, about the people in the stands, the fans, the players just started to complain about the fans. I knew that there was, it was just going to grow in the opposite directions that the, Fans would just get meaner. Yeah. And the players would just get more sensitive. And I don't want that to happen. Please don't let that happen in basketball. If in, you are in adult NCAA enough basketball. to go, you know, take a check for whatever Tyrese received, like right. you have to be adult enough to receive the negativity or the hostile feelings that the previous fan base has. Like you right. have to, those go hand in hand. And right. if you can't take it, then get out. Like, just go. Right. I mean, yeah, I don't we're, know. We're an angry like, ex-wife. This, <laughs> <laughs> this is from the same school who can't deal with the horns down. No, they can't. Like, get out of here. They can't. And they what do we cannot. do now? We do it more because they yeah. didn't do it to us. So we're right. going to do it more. Right. Right. Uh, Life lessons passes. with Steph and Elisa, guys. Let the door hit you on the way out. Right in your big old booty. Good sound effect. (laughs) Thanks. All right. Well, Lisa has 700 cookies to bake, and that's not an exaggeration. Yeah, uh, literally 700. And one, because you should make one for me. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, this will be a fun off season. We'll get creative and um, keep you updated with uh, cyclone softball, the Cyclonitas, Cyclone tennis, track and field, and all the things, because not everything's over. No. We'll, I, we'll come up with something fun to talk about. We always do. We've been doing this for a hot minute and a half. Well, this is episode 95. We're getting close to Oh, another. my gosh. If you would like to send um, gifts for our 100th episode... <laughs> You can find us at P.O. Box. No, I'm just joking. We don't have a P.O. Box. But seriously, send us gifts. You just have to figure out where we live. <laughs> <Mini>! <laughs>
Ooh. I'll tell you where Elisa lives if you pay me $100. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll tell you where Steph lives. Except I don't know. You just have to look her up in the white pages. I'm off the Fun fact. Pages, baby. I've never been to Steph's house. She's never invited me over. That's true. I'm never inviting you over <laughs> either. I, right. I guess you've been inside my house like once. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I suppose it is weird. Most you of should it has come to do here. with COVID, though. Okay. Okay. Bring the kids. It'll be a party. No. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. This is like tailgating. I don't bring my kids. Fair enough. This is why you're smarter than me every time. <laughs> All right. Okay. Go Cyclones. Go State.